Take your copy of God's Word, would you please, and turn with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Haddon Robinson once wrote that years ago, an old pioneer journeyed westward across the Great Plains until he came to an abrupt halt at the edge of the Grand Canyon. He gawked at the sight before him, a vast chasm one mile deep, 18 miles across, and stretching out of sight. He gasped, something must have happened here. <laughs> Haddon Robinson goes on to say, At the Christmas season, anyone who stops to look and listen must ask some questions about what the hustle and noise is all about. A thoughtful man or woman seeing the lights, the decorations, the festivities, and the religious services might also conclude something must have happened here. It's true. It's true, isn't it? Something indeed has happened here. One of the greatest events in history took place in Bethlehem. Maybe I should correct myself there. The greatest event in history took place in Bethlehem. Over 2,000 years ago, a humble woman named Mary gave birth to a baby named Jesus. And we rejoice in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ today. Now in all the busyness of Christmas, it's easy to get caught up in the hectic pace of the season, isn't it? It's easy to fail to keep Jesus at the center of all of it. In fact, in life in general, when you look at your life, and I look at my life, I realize it's easy to be distracted with just living life <laughs> and not give proper attention to celebrating and worshiping Jesus the King. And we fail to live life with Jesus at the center of everything that we do. Or maybe we think that it's not necessary to live with Jesus at the center of everything that we do. So I want to help you reflect on the wonder of the birth of Jesus and help you keep Jesus at the center of Christmas. Celebrating Jesus and keeping Jesus at the center of your life all year long. Now someone might say, why should I put Jesus at the center of my life? Why does he have to be at the center? Well, some people put their job at the center. They would say, my job is the most important thing in my life, and I need to make sure that I do well and, and improve and make progress and, and gain ground in my job, my career. Some people make their relationships or a particular relationship or maybe make their children the center of their life. Some people make making money the center of their life. Some people put being successful at the center of their life. And while those things are not necessarily wrong in themselves, they can easily take over our lives and become our God. But if we put the one true God at the center of our lives, putting Jesus at the center, living to honor and obey and please Him in everything that we do, the King of kings and Lord of lords, with His Word and Spirit helping us, 
keeping everything else in life in order. <laughs> and so to help with that, I want you to see today how Mary and, and her cousin Elizabeth rejoiced in God. They focused on God and how we too can rejoice in God, keeping Jesus at the center of our Christmas, celebrating and keeping Jesus at the center of our very lives all year long. Last Sunday, we looked at Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, and how Mary responded when the angel Gabriel approached her and visited her and, and announced that she was to give birth to the Son of God, God in human flesh. Today we return to Luke 1, and I want to begin at verse 39. Would you follow along as I read from God's Word, as I read from the English Standard Version? You follow along in your copy of God's Word, Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 39. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And in verse 46, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. So how can we rejoice in God? How can we keep Jesus at the center of our Christmas, all the celebrating that we enjoy at Christmas time? How can we make sure that Jesus is the center of that? And how can we keep Jesus at the center of our lives all year long? Well, to keep Jesus at the center of Christmas and all, all year long at the center of your life, you need to believe and confess that Jesus is Lord. You've got to start at the beginning. You need to believe and confess that Jesus is Lord. In fact, this is where we all must begin our new life in Christ, and we should never stop doing this. 
To be a believer in Jesus, you first need to realize this. You first need to believe and confess that Jesus is Lord. And yet, as a believer, we ought not stop believing and confessing that Jesus is Lord. We see Elizabeth do this. Look at the text again. Look at verse 42 and verse 43. When Elizabeth says, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Now that's incredible. If you stop and think about that, what led her to believe and confess this truth? At the beginning of these verses, we see Mary going to visit her cousin Elizabeth, who is in her old age, blessed by God, with a child. A miracle. And the baby she's expecting, we know, will be John the Baptist. Something amazing happens when Mary greets Elizabeth. The baby leaps in, her mother's, in his mother's womb. Now that, you would say, well, that's not unusual that, that a baby would leap in his mother's womb. When she hears Mary's greeting, this happens. But, but the baby moving and kicking in this mother's womb may not seem unusual, but this is different. And we're told this is different here in the text. Notice in verse 41 it says that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. You see that? She was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, before the day of Pentecost, believers were filled with the Holy Spirit for a particular purpose. Here it seems that the purpose is so that Elizabeth will understand and confess that the baby Mary is carrying is Jesus, the Savior. He would be God in human flesh, her Lord. Earlier here in verse 15, the angel of the Lord appears to Zechariah and tells him that the baby John will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. That's remarkable. Even from his mother's womb, John would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then later in verse 67, it says of Zechariah that he was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. A Spirit-filled family. (laughs) This is a Spirit-filled family indeed. And if you were to read this passage, and I would even encourage you to go home and and read all of chapter 1 this afternoon and just listen listen for the tone of joy that threads throughout this whole chapter. And it's, it's rooted in this Holy Spirit presence in people that God is filling with His Spirit. This is a Spirit-filled family, and this tone of joy throughout is remarkable. Joy is, in fact, a part of the fruit of the Spirit. And you can know this joy, too. We've been studying this in our study in Philippians and, and taking note of this. You If you are filled with the Spirit, you will know the joy of the Lord. And you will be remarkable in that people will see the joy in you. You won't be able to keep it from happening. Note the words, my Lord, here in verse 43, referring to Jesus. That's remarkable. Elizabeth, having been filled with the Spirit, believes and confesses what's been revealed to her that Mary's child is her Lord. Mary's child is the Son of God. Now we've been seeing this as we've studied in the book of Philippians. To have true joy, you need to know Jesus. 
You need to confess Him as Lord. That's where you need to begin. Believe in Him. Confess Jesus as Lord. Follow Him. Obey His Word. Keep Jesus at the center of your Christmas celebrating, yes, but also keep Him at the center of your life all year long. Keep Jesus at the center of the way that you live, the center of the way that you make decisions about the way that you live and the choices you make and the business dealings you have and the relationships you keep. Keep Jesus at the center of your life. Make Him number one. Make serving Him and honoring Him and obeying Him your highest priority and you will be filled with the Spirit and you will know joy. God will see to it. There's... Incredible example here in this, isn't there? Recognize who Jesus is. Confess him as Lord. Worship him as your Savior. Make sure you believe and confess that Jesus is Lord, and you will be keeping Jesus at the center of every day of your life. There's another way we see here to keep Jesus at the center at Christmas and to center your life on Jesus all year long. Believe and rejoice in God's plan. You need to believe and rejoice in God's plan. This is an important key to joyfully living the Christian life. Because if you look at your life and you think everything is out of control and you lose hope, there will be no joy for you. But if you keep your eyes on the Savior, if you keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ and you believe and rejoice in His plan, even in the midst of turmoil and difficulty, you will be able to rejoice knowing that God is in control. This is such an important key to joyfully living the Christian life. Believe and rejoice in God's plan. Hebrews 11.1 puts it this way, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. You can believe and rejoice in God's plan. We heard the angels say it in Luke chapter 1, verse 37 last week, for nothing will be impossible with God. You looking for a life verse? That's a pretty good one right there. <laughs> nothing will be impossible with God. Jesus says it too in Matthew 19, 26. With God, all things are possible. Notice how Elizabeth points to Mary's faith in verse 45, saying, And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. What she's pointing to is the fact that Mary had been told by the angel Gabriel that her cousin, who was barren, would no longer be barren. She would have a baby in her old age. And Mary didn't come with skepticism to visit her cousin. She was like, eh, I'm not sure about this. No, no, no. She came with faith. She came believing. She did not come in disbelief. She came to visit believing and rejoicing in God's plan. Do you want to keep your life centered on Jesus? Believe God 
Take him at his word. Read the word and believe God. Take him at his word and then rejoice that what God says he will do, he will do. You have the written word of God. You have the Bible. I trust you have a copy of God's word that you can hold in your hands. Many of us have so many copies of God's word, we couldn't hold them in our hands over a week's amount of time. (laughs) We are blessed with God's word, aren't we? You have the written word of God. You also have, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And God is about, with the Word and with the Holy Spirit, helping you understand His promises. Helping you live with faith that His promises are true, that He does keep His Word. You have the written word of God, the Bible, and if you're a believer in Jesus, you have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit to help you believe and obey and understand the Bible. You can count on God fulfilling everything He has told you in the Bible. How blessed we are that God not only sent His Son and then sent His Holy Spirit but he also sends his word. And you can keep Jesus at the center of your life by rejoicing in God's word, by rejoicing in God's plan. We can hear Mary doing this in song in verses 46 through 55. Mary's song is commonly called the Magnificat. And what's striking about Mary's song, in, in which she's praising God, it's end and praise of God, praising Him for His favor shown to her and to her people. What's interesting and striking about this is that it's filled with statements and ideas from the Old Testament. Now think about that. Mary knew the plan and promises of God from the Old Testament writings. She had obviously taken them to heart. She believed them. She was rejoicing in them, and though she had not yet seen the fulfillment of all of God's plans and promises revealed there, she believed and rejoiced in God's plan. And Mary is filled with joy. She's overflowing with praise of God. Here in verse 47, she says, My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Think of that. She's carrying her Savior in her womb. And she sees that. She rejoices. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. She realized she needed a Savior. Look again at verse 48. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. And she realized that generations would call her blessed not because she was special, but because The Savior is special. Her Savior. You see, the Lord doesn't favor people who are mighty in their own eyes. The Lord favors the humble. The Bible says in Psalm 25, 9, that God leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble His way. 
The Bible also says in Proverbs 3.34, Toward the scorners he is scornful, but to the humble he gives favor. That's interesting because we hear similar words from Mary. Look at verses 51 through 53 again. Listen to what she says. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. God chose this humble young woman and he used her in a mighty way. Think of that. God doesn't go after the mighty. He goes after the humble. <laughs> he uses the humble. And for generations, people have called Mary blessed. You know, you too can be blessed by God. The first step is to humble yourself before God and acknowledge that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Have you done that? That's well, so important to realize that you need a Savior. Mary realized she needed a Savior. And yet God had chosen her to carry the Savior and give birth to the Savior. That's incredible, isn't it? But you need to acknowledge that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. And you can do that even in this moment. You can call out to God, even in silent prayer in this moment, saying a simple prayer such as, Oh God, thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for sending your son. I believe in him. I realize I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. And I thank you that you sent Jesus to save me from my sins. God will save you. Oh, it's so critical that you do that. You, do, you don't delay. If God is calling on you to trust in him today, trust in him. Believe in his son. Confess that Jesus is Lord. Thank him for the forgiveness of sins. The Bible says in Romans 10.9 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen. Now look at what Mary says in verse 47. She says, And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Isn't that precious? Chosen by God, to carry the Son of God. And yet, she realizes she has a Savior in Jesus Christ. And we each must follow Mary's example. Mary knew she needed a Savior. Just as all of us here today need a Savior. I hope you've given your life to Christ and you've trusted in that Savior, Jesus Christ. Mary rejoiced in God, her Savior. You can rejoice in God, your Savior, if you believed in Jesus Christ. Her joy and confidence was not in herself. You realize, see, you look at your own life, and I look at mine, and I realize I have no reason for confidence in myself. <laughs> you may realize that about yourself also. And yet, you can be confident in Jesus. That He forgives your sin, and He saves you eternally. Mary's joy and confidence was not in herself. Her joy and confidence is seen in verse 49. Look at it again. It was in He who is mighty. That's God. And she says, He who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is His name. 
Can you say that today? He, he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. Keep Jesus at the center of your life. Not just Christmas, but every day. Keep focusing on your Savior, for he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. I would suggest that we all thank God for his mercy through the Lord Jesus Christ and rejoice with Mary from verse 50 that his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. God shows mercy to those who fear him, who humble themselves before God. And I'm not talking about cowering in the corner, afraid of God. I'm saying respect and honor and reverent obedience given to God. That's fearing God for who he is. Proclaiming to the following generations who Jesus is and making him known that they might fear him also and honor him and obey him from generation to generation. Keep Jesus at the center this Christmas. Keep Jesus at the center of your life all year. Believe and confess that Jesus is Lord. Believe and rejoice in God's plan. Let's pray. Father, oh, how we do rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. May each person here today rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ, their Savior. May they look to Christ every day, centering their lives on the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to believe and confess that Jesus is Lord every day. Help us to believe and confess that you are in charge, you are in control, and you are mighty to save. And help us to rejoice in our salvation in Christ, that we've been cleansed and made new and washed and saved from our sins if we've trusted in Jesus. And Lord, help us to believe every day and rejoice in your plan. Whatever it is that's going on in our lives, you are in control. Lord, help us to see that. Help us to recognize that. What, what's going on in our lives, even in this moment, in this day, in this culture, what's going on right now is not outside of your control. Lord, help us to humble ourselves before you and believe and confess that you are Lord. Help us to rejoice in knowing that you are Lord, that you are mighty, and you have great, done great things for us, and holy is your name. We rejoice in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ this morning. God, help us to keep Jesus at the center of every day of our lives. Help us not to lose sight of who Jesus is and what he has accomplished for us by coming as a baby, living a sinless life as a man, and then dying on the cross for our sins so that we might know new life in Christ, that we might be rescued from hell. Oh God, what a gracious God you are. We praise you for the Lord Jesus Christ. And in his name we rejoice today. And may we rejoice in him every day. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.